Good morning, EFC. Today is Sunday, March 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us here at EFC's worship service online. On Wednesday, March 11th, the World Health Organization labeled the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, a worldwide pandemic. Since then, the lives of the vast majority of Americans have been turned upside down. They've been significantly disrupted, leaving many of us feeling anxious and powerless. Here's the hard truth. This pandemic has reminded us that we are far less powerful than we would like to admit to ourselves. That is to say that we do not have control over the existence of worldwide diseases. We do not have control over the National Basketball Association or the NCAA basketball tournament. We don't have control over Disney World, and we do not have control over domestic or international travel, just to name a few things. However, I want to be clear that we are not powerless. In fact, the one thing that you and I do have control over is our attitude and our mentality and approach to life during this time. And so we do have control over how we respond during this season of hardship and distress. And what I want us to look at today is a great example of what we can fix our attitudes on and our mindset on from Psalm 33. So I invite you, uh, wherever you're at, if you want to open up to Psalm 33, we're going to look at the entire Psalm together. I'm going to read that for you, but it would be great if you take out the scriptures, open it up, and follow along as I read it for you. I'm going to read to you from the 2011 edition of the NIV. The 2011 edition of the NIV. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 22. This is what God's word says during this challenging season in our lives. It says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Verse 4, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. 
Let's pick it up here. Verse 13. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all of mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. Verse 16. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. That is God's word. The first thing that you and I learn as we look at this psalm together, this is point number one for those of you who want to jot this down and take notes, maybe in a journal. Point number one is that in times of distress, we can choose to praise God to fear God, and to trust God. Let me say that again. In times of distress, we can choose to praise God, to fear God, and to trust God. So let's briefly define each of those so we have a solid understanding of what the psalm is telling us. First, A, let's look at this idea of praise. The first three verses of Psalm 33 instruct us to praise God. Go back and look at verse one. It says, sing joyfully to the Lord. Then it says, praise the Lord with harp and lyre. And then it tells us there in verse three to sing a new song to the Lord. Wouldn't it be great if during this time where our lives have been significantly disrupted, kids are not in school, people are telecommuting, we don't have the NCAA tournament, the NBA, the NHL, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We can't go out and, and perhaps do all the activities in public that we would have uh, done in the past, that we actually devote this time to learning a new instrument, learning the harp, learn how to play the lyre, write a new song to the Lord. Now, you may think I'm kidding, but I'm only half joking. We've got a lot more free time on our hands, and wouldn't it be great if we devoted this time to learning a new instrument or to writing a poem to the Lord or writing a new song to the Lord. Imagine what would happen if Christians all across the United States and all across the world use this time to press into uh, more creative expressions of our worship and our devotion and our praise to God. What if we engaged in painting? What if we engaged in drawing? What if we uh, picked up instruments or, or learned how to better play instruments? What if we wrote songs and, po- and poems? This could be an explosion of creativity in the arts and the way that we praise, worship, and serve God. I can only imagine how God could use this to turn around this sense of isolation and the sense where our normal activities have been disrupted to bring forth through the power of the Holy Spirit an explosion of new creativity leading to greater praise, worship, and adoration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, if you're not creative, I encourage you to find worship music on iTunes or to go on YouTube, put on a praise video. And as, uh, as families, just praise God. Just sing out his praises. We need to be a people of praise now more than ever as we are not gathering together 
uh, for the coming weeks. So that's one thought there. Um, another thought is make a gratitude list. Instead of uh, fretting about what we can't do, let's focus on the things that we can do and give God praise for the many good gifts he's given us, even in the midst of a worldwide uh, virus and a worldwide pandemic. There's still so many good gifts surrounding us that we can thank God for. So let's make uh, lists of praise to our God. Let's choose to praise God during this season of difficulty and challenge. Here's the thing. Did you know that when you choose to praise God, that when you choose to worship God, that that actually chases away your anxieties? It chases away your fears? For a moment here, I'm just going to read from one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's Philippians 4. We're going to look together at verses 4 through 7. This is the truth that when we choose to rejoice in God and praise God, it chases away all fears and all anxieties. Listen to Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, we can add in uh, COVID-19, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then it tells us there, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you're tempted to be anxious, when you're tempted to have cabin fever, um, choose to praise God and that will chase away your fears and your your anxieties. Let's press into rejoicing in God during this season. Amen? Amen? Okay. Next, point B, fear God. Fear God. First, we choose to praise God. Secondly, the Psalm challenges us, encourages us to fear God. And if you look there at verses 8 and 18, the psalmist talks about fearing God and revering God. Now, let's understand biblically what fear is. Fear is not like the dog that did something naughty and is now cowering in in fear from an angry master. That's not the biblical definition of fear. In the Bible, fear is reverence, it's respect, it's standing in awe of God. So we're called during this season to show greater reverence, greater respect, to stand in awe of the greatness and the beauty and the love and the power of God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the triune God. When was the last time that you stood in awe of God or perhaps just uh, felt a sense of awe about anything? For me, this happened just a couple days ago. I was taking a walk um, around the neighborhood near EFC, and uh, we, were cut, we were getting a little bit of rain, and then I looked over toward the reservoir next to where EFC is located, and I saw the largest rainbow I'd ever seen, and I stopped. And it literally took my breath away. I just stood there, mouth agape. Wow. Praise God. God's rainbow made me stop and stand in awe of his beauty and his power. During this time, let's show greater fear and reverence. Let's show greater awe of who God is and what God has done for us. This is a great opportunity now that God has silenced so many of the distractions and noises around us as we press into worship and praise to fear God, that is reverence him and stand in awe of him. If we'll just quiet our hearts and our minds, I think we'll be more attuned to what's going on around us 
more holy moments and therefore we'll stand in awe of the beauty and the power of God. So to review, during times of stress, this psalm encourages us to, um, to praise God, to stand in awe of God, and then C, letter C, it tells us to trust God. Look with me at verses 18 through 21. Verses 18 through 21, uh, they tell us there to place our hope in God's unfailing love, to wait on God, and to trust in his holy name. These are all um, signals of trust. These are all words that indicate that we are called to trust in God during this time of disruption and for many people, fear and anxiety. Trust, by the way, uh, means that we know without a shadow of a doubt that God is who he says that he is, that we can depend on him 100% of the time. For a moment, I just want you to think about all the things that you and I implicitly place our trust in every day that we don't even think about because we just have made trust a habit. Think about when you get paid for the vast majority of us that the funds from our employer are deposited electronically into our local bank. And we trust that when we go and swipe our credit card or our debit card, um, or that we go to the ATM to get cash, that that money that has been deposited in the bank will be there. We trust the bank to hold our money until we need it. We do that without even thinking about it. The same thing every evening, right? The sun goes down, praise God, we just had daylight savings, now it's an hour later. Um, But uh, every night, the sun goes down, and we go to bed without even thinking, without even wondering, is the sun going to come up tomorrow? And you know what happens? The sun comes up tomorrow. We implicitly trust that the sun will come up tomorrow. Now, if you and I trust to put money in a bank and to be able to go and withdraw it at any time, if we trust that we go to bed at night and the sun's going to come up the next morning, why do we not trust in the provision and the goodness of God during the season of great disruption and great challenge? Let's trust that God is who he says he is and that God will protect us and our loved ones from the effects of the COVID-19 virus. It does not mean it's going to create disruption and challenge. It is definitely doing that. But let's trust that God is going to be faithful to us and provide for us in the middle of this challenge. Okay, to summarize, in times of distress, we can choose to praise God, to fear God, and to trust God. Here's the kicker. Here's the key question. Why? Why can you and I choose to praise him, to fear him, and uh, to trust him? Or maybe a better question is, why should we choose to praise God, to fear God, and to trust God in the midst of this international pandemic? Well, that brings us to point two, which is found here in the psalm. Point number two, for those of you that want to write this down, point number two is that God is our sovereign, holy, and loving creator. God is our um, sovereign, holy, and loving creator. So let's talk about that for a moment. Let's go to the idea of creator first, because that's found right at the beginning of the psalm. It's in verses one through nine, okay? Verses one through nine talk about how God spoke and everything came into being. So for a moment, I want a little bit of participation from you. Just close your eyes, okay? Just close your eyes. Um, turn on your holy imagination, okay? Many of us are visual learners, visual thinkers. And so just close your eyes and your mind's eye and your imagination, your holy imagination, go to your favorite place on earth. 
the place that makes you most happy. It could be the garden out behind your house or apartment or a garden that your parents or grandparents um, have. It could be your favorite fishing location or your favorite camping location. Um, it could be the top of the, your favorite mountain, a place you've climbed a number of times. Go to that place. Immerse your mind in that place. God created that place. The beauty, the peacefulness, the grandeur. God spoke that place into being. Isn't that amazing? Now keep your eyes closed for a moment. Use your holy imagination further. I want you to bring to mind uh, the people that you most uh, cherish and love. Your spouse, your children, your friends, your parents, your grandparents. Bring those people to mind. They might be sitting next to you right now. Okay? I just want you in your mind's eye to uh, recall their dimples, recall the freckles, the creases in their eyes when they laugh, if they uh, have a silly laugh or they snort when they laugh, whatever it is that you just absolutely adore about them. God created those people. God spoke and those people came to being. God knit the person that you love and the people that you love most together in their mother's womb. God created them. And so I think one of the gifts that we have during this pandemic is to actually devote more attention and more awareness to the people around us, to the beauty of creation all around us, to the people that God has created, to the world that God has created. Now that we, we can shut off, um, now that all the sports teams and so much of what we go out and hurry around and do outside of our homes, now that that's been disrupted and many of us are much more isolated and sequestered than normal, we actually have the opportunity to tune out those noises because they've pretty much been shut off, but to amplify and to listen more carefully to the beauty of creation that God has placed around us and to give him thanks and praise for the gifts of creation and the gifts of the people that God has created and spoken to being around us. Every good and perfect gift of creation is from our Father. Let's tune into them, let's appreciate them more, and let's praise God more for them. So A, God is uh, our creator. B, we're told here that he is sovereign. He's a sovereign creator. Look with me at verses 10 through 19. God is our sovereign creator. I want you to pay attention. This is really important when we feel powerless, when we feel anxious during this pandemic. Okay, pay attention. It says the Lord foils the plans of the nations and the plans of the people. So much of our, so many of our nations and our leaders think that ultimately they are in control. And the truth of the matter is that God outranks them. God is in control above them. God will use them to do what is necessary to stop and stem the flow of this pandemic. But ultimately God is sovereign. That is God outranks them and has greater authority and power over them. And then what it tells us here in this Psalm is that God's plan stands firm. God's plan stands firm. I don't know what God's plan for this pandemic is. I don't know why God has allowed this to come into the world. I do not believe God caused it directly, but I believe uh, that God has allowed it to go forth because he is a sovereign God. Um, we don't know what this plan is, but I believe in the very least that this plan in all of this is to humble us, to remind us that ultimately we as followers of Jesus and every human being is dependent upon God for our very existence. The scriptures say that we live and move and have our being in him. 
okay? So God is sovereign over this. And then what does it tell us here? It tells us that if we humble ourselves and we acknowledge our need of him, it tells us in this Psalm that God um, knows our hearts and that God forms and shapes our hearts. I don't know about you, but I take great comfort in knowing that during this time, if I will allow him, God will form and shape my heart. He knows what's in my heart. He knows what I'm wrestling with and he wants to form it and shape it and purify it and strengthen it because he is the sovereign God and he wants to uh, make me more dependent upon him. So God is sovereign. God has the power to direct and shape what's going on in our hearts. Look at verses 16 and 17. The implication there is that we often depend um, or overly depend more likely in our tools and our technology, right? In our weapons and our science, okay? And these are good things. God has given us the gift of science, right? And the gifts of technology. These are good things, but ultimately these things will not save us. They cannot heal us. They will not deliver us. Ultimately, God uses these things to save, heal, and to deliver us, but God is sovereign over them, okay? Ultimately, our dependence is not in technology. Our dependence is not in, um, you know, science or technology. Ultimately, our dependence is in God who can heal people directly or as he chooses, use the means of technology, healthcare, and science to heal us and to rescue us and to save us. And so let's not just depend on technology and wait for the government. Let's also pray boldly that God will um, allow the multiplication of tests for the coronavirus here in the United States and for the development of an antidote. But most of all, let's pray that God heals, saves, and delivers us, that God heals people who are sick, that God protects us from getting sick. Let's acknowledge that God is ultimately the one that saves us and heals us and delivers us because God is the sovereign one, that God is the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. He is the one that protects us, heals us, and delivers us above technology and science. Can I get an amen? All right, C, uh, God is holy. God is a sovereign creator, and C, God is a holy creator. Look at verse 21. It says, God is holy. His name is holy, meaning his character is holy. God is sinless. God is pure. The Bible says there's no shadow in him. There's no darkness in him. He is sinless, pure, and majestic. That means that God is good. That means that everything God allows to come into our lives is part of his goodness, um, and it is for his glory. It is ultimately for our good and ultimately for God's glory. God is not some vengeful monster coming to crush us, okay? He is not um, the supervillain Thanos from uh, Marvel. Shout out to all of you that that, uh, love Uh, Marvel, and of course, DC. God is not that. God is good. God is loving. God is sovereign. I want to remind you of Romans 8, that that it tells us there that God has a good plan for all those who are called according to him, who love him and are called according to his purpose. God has a good plan in all this. That is part of his holiness. That is part of his sovereignty. Let's choose to believe that regardless of what the headlines are saying at this time. God is holy He is good and he is pure and he has a good, holy, and pure plan for us. Okay, D, God is loving. God is loving. Look at verses 5, 18, and 22. God is loving. The psalmist says in verse 5, the earth is full of your unfailing love. It seems like the earth is full of the coronavirus, but the greater truth is the earth is full of God's unfailing love. And then it goes on to say in verse 22, God, may your unfailing love 
be with us. The word that's used here is the Hebrew word chesed, chesed, which refers to God's loyal covenantal love, that God loves us with bonds that cannot be broken. He loves us with bonds that cannot be broken. He loves us with a loyal, tenacious love. Now, how can we be sure? How can you and I be absolutely sure that God loves us in the middle of a worldwide pandemic? People are dying. Thousands of people are dying. Tens of thousands of people have been infected. We, we need to acknowledge that. We need to mourn that. How do we know that God loves us? Well, I believe it is not a coincidence that this pandemic has broken out in the weeks following up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Good Friday reminds us that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. That Jesus Christ alone is the one that can remove our fears, our anxieties, our pride, our anger, um, our desire to hoard things, all the things that, uh, all the rational behaviors, Jesus Christ died on the cross to remove all that stuff from us. And in fact, he's the only one that can remove our sins. Okay? And Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the scriptures tell us that because Jesus rise, rose from the dead, he's conquered the powers of death, the powers of sin, the powers of Satan, the powers of evil, the powers uh, that are existing in this dark world, including diseases. And so uh, what we need to know here is that if God has conquered the powers of death and sin and Satan, do you and I believe, therefore, that he has now, through his power and through his love, conquered the COVID-19 virus, that God will conquer this pandemic? If he has conquered the powers of death and sin and, and evil in this world, do you and I not believe that he will conquer the COVID-19 virus and that he already has in his great plan? Amen? All right, let's review. God is sovereign, God is holy, and God is the loving creator. Let's put the pieces together. The bottom line here of Psalm 33, the bottom line of Psalm 33, the big idea is that in times of distress, we can choose to praise, to fear, and to trust God because he's our sovereign, holy, and loving creator. Let me say that again. In times of distress, we can choose to praise, fear, and trust God because God is our sovereign, holy, and loving creator. Now, let me give a few application points and we'll wrap this up here. Number one, if you attend EFC or you're listening to this uh, through the World Wide Web, through the internet, um, and you are a seeker, you've not yet committed to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, um, I want to tell you this is your time to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The scriptures say, repent and believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 um, says that if we um, confess that Jesus is Lord, if we confess with our mouths, it says, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we shall be saved. If you're listening to this and you have not believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and this virus is out there and we know people that are being infected and we know people that may perish, um, you need to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you want to have absolute certainty that if something were ever to happen to you, 
that when you die, you would go on into heaven in the presence of God, that you would live on in the glorious, loving, and holy presence of God in heaven. You need to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I urge you not to delay. Wherever you're at right now, stop what you're doing, get on your knees, open up your Bible, read Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that, and say, I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you're saved. Repent of your sin, give your life to Jesus Christ, and you will have the assurance that whatever happens during this season of distress and turbulence, that when you die, you will go to heaven. And then let us know about it. Contact the church. Email uh, EFC admin at efcnewport.com. Admin at efcnewport.com. Okay, secondly, those of you that are prodigals, those of you that maybe you've attended EFC or you're listening to this broadcast and you used to believe in God, you used to go to church, you used to read the Bible, but you haven't done so in months, maybe years, and this is shaking you up, um, we're uh, what you call a prodigal. You can go to Luke 15. It tells the story of the young son that, that turned away from his father and ran away from home. I'm calling for all prodigals right now, people that used to believe, that used to be close to the father, but have left the church and no longer believe in Jesus Christ. Come home. Come home. Your father has been scanning the horizon looking for you to run home and return to his arms of love, to re-embrace you and to know that you are loved. He will welcome you. He will embrace you. He will run out to you and he will kiss you on the neck. Prodigals, return home. Have the assurance of his love, his protection, his provision during this season. Number three, all of you who are followers of Jesus Christ at EFC and abroad, shine the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Do not panic. Do not be overwhelmed by fear or anxiety, but shine the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Reach out to your neighbors, reach out to your family, your friends, your loved one, your coworkers. If you're, if you're concerned that you're sick or they may be uh, sick, you can text, you can FaceTime, you can direct message, check in on them, um, call them, pray over the phone with them. Okay, reach out to people. This is an opportunity for the church to rise up. And as it says in Luke 10, to be good, merciful neighbors. Um, as we keep distance from other people, we can still love them. We can still care for them. We can still reach out to them. If we have extra resources, we can still go to their house and share it with them. That's what it means to be good neighbors. We are the light of the world. We're called to shine that light to the neighbors around us. If you know elderly people, if you know other people that are vulnerable populations and you're not sick, but you can provide something for them, you can check on them, uh, please do so. This is an opportunity to love other people. And then um, lastly here, my prayer, and, I, and this is the prayer of EFC and I believe every church across the globe, my prayer is that revival will spread and be more virulent, okay? And that revival will be more contagious than the COVID-19 virus, that revival will spread faster. People turning to Jesus Christ with greater desperation, greater passion. People that don't know Christ, people that are prodigals, people that know Christ now have a greater uh, hunger and thirst to believe in Jesus Christ and to press into him during this season. This disruption, this isolation of millions of people um, actually gives us the opportunity to seek God more desperately. God has shut off all these voices around us, all these distractions so that we have more time to open the Bible, to read it, to pray, to worship God, and to be creative in the writing of worship songs and poems and stories and narratives during this time. Start praying through Psalm 33 as a family. Read it out loud together. Praise God that he's your sovereign, holy, loving creator. Praise God that he sent Jesus Christ to die from your sins. Praise God that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and has conquered all of our enemies on earth. And then finally, over the next 10 days, 
Um, I'm going to be coming up with devotions, everyday devotions from Psalm uh, 33. We're going to be putting them out on EFC's social media. We're going to be sending them out on e-news, and I'm going to have little videos and little devotions so you and your family um, can go through this together. But let's let Psalm 33 be our rallying cry. Let it be the song of our hearts. May this psalm, through the power of the Holy Spirit, revive us, challenge us, purify us, and change us. May this psalm during this season stoke a white-hot passion for Jesus Christ. May it bring revival, TFC, to the churches in this region of New England, across the United States, and across the world. But whatever happens, don't ever forget that in times of distress, we can choose to praise God, to fear God, to trust God, because he alone is our sovereign, holy, and loving creator. God bless you, and may God use this for our good and for his glory. Have a great day, EFC.